Hey, music lovers, the Cannamom Show podcast in collaboration with Lambkin Guitars is giving away a custom-built, one-of-a-kind electric guitar built by Josh Lampkin. The solid one-piece hemp wood body includes a built-in glass bowl piece. Yeah, you heard me right. You can take a hit and then play a lick. Now's your chance to help the Cannamom Show crush cannabis stigma with your entry. Register for the Hemp Guitar Giveaway online at lampkinguitars.com. That's L-A-M-K-I-N guitars.com. The drawing will be part of a 420 celebration at the Goods Dispensary in Somerville, Massachusetts, where the guitar is on display for the month of April. But don't worry, you don't have to live in Mass or be present to win. Visit LampkinGuitars.com to scope out the Hemp Guitar giveaway details and entry form. You'll even find a video of what could be your guitar in action. L-A-M-K-I-N Guitars.com Good afternoon, everybody. It's me, Cannabis Industry Larry Tom, with another episode of Cannabis Legalization News. Thank you so much for tuning in. We have another big Sunday because Biden said something last week and it is continuing to unfold. Uh, so we have many follow-up stories on his uh, executive action that he's taking on the which may be rescheduling of uh, cannabis's schedule under the Controlled Substances Act. Joining us from normal is Jax James. We have a whole list of stories to get to before we get to the actual podcast remember you can find our link tree down there in the description comments if you want to get in touch with us and while you're down there smash those likes leave us a comment and of course uh, consider joining as a member of our channel they just added some new levels to the membership so check those out as well and now let's get to the main story of the week uh, more of the fallout from the biden news from last week Jax, thank you for joining us in Cannabis Legalization News, where uh, we kind of explain the cannabis laws uh, so that you, and by you, I mean our audience, can change them. Uh, what do you do? Uh, it's, it's very similar. I've been a member of Normal for many years now. And what do you do at Normal? Well, I am Normal State Policy Manager. So I work with chapters across the country and in states where we don't have chapters to enact policy through the legislature or the ballot initiative process to enact change so that we can decriminalize for those few states that still don't have medical marijuana, get that locked in, and then also make sure that we have legalization continuing to expand across the country. We've got some exciting election items coming up on the ballot in five different states and um, quite a few different localities. So I'm doing some targeted stuff with them. Uh, but I've been with Normal since I started volunteering back in 2005 with Texas Normal. So nice. wow. a while. <laughs> I didn't realize you were a national part. I always knew you were Texas. I didn't know you were a national. Nice. Oh, so yeah. You know, I was executive director and still am of Texas Normal for many years. Volunteered nice. uh, with them until... Uh, 2015 when I came on as staff as the executive director but in this last year National reached out to me and they said hey um, you know we really could use someone and we think that you would be great for the position and I was like okay <laughs> right <laughs> I think I can do this yeah. I can legalize professionally I mean, get paid to help legalize it okay 
Right. Hey. Never. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you know, I'm glad that you're also involved in the national normal because we do have a lot of national news. And it's because it was such a big story. And so uh, many of our stories has to do with uh, the data that came out. So the federal report details who's impacted by Biden's Marijuana Pardon Act state by state guide. This was from a few days ago over at Marijuana Moment and giving them a shout out. But, uh, yeah. yeah. They really mm-hmm. are. They really are. And then they they just they have some tweets that they have. There was an interesting chart of, you know, here's all the federal uh, convicted uh, of then it's this 21 USC 8. No, actually, it's a section marker 844. Um, and that's essentially the Controlled Substances Act, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that I'm a federal criminal lawyer. I'm not. Uh, but you can see a lot of them uh, in the South. Look at that. Look at the Arizona. I'm surprised. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. And then what's going on in the eastern half of Virginia? Is that just because that's where the federal authorities are? Oh, you could know, be. That's a, that's I mean, question. Yeah. I mean, they're just resting everybody just to keep that barrier. But like, wow. I mean, I mean so yeah. those border states, clearly a lot of that is uh, a lot of the operations that they that they run probably near the border, which I don't know if you guys have been following the Operation Lone Star absolute fallout. No, <laughs> no. What's the Operation fallout? Lone Star fallout? Okay, so Operation Lone Star is like Governor Abbott's big border effort, and mm. essentially he's like, we have stopped all these millions of X, Y, and Z, and like he's basically padding it with minor marijuana charges. Oh my God. Act like he's stopping some big flow yeah. of, of something over the border. I'm like, well, Jack, you're in Texas. I mean, because I, I live in Arizona and I got family in Texas and I'm from California. Like, do you ever wake up and go, oh my God, I'm so immigrants are coming across and, and, and killing our babies? And I mean, the, this whole bullshit conversation about the border is bullshit, right? Like, I have never had that experience. <laughs> I, the, the closest experience I could share is that I do have friends that live down by the border and some people who have been crossing over have been oh, yeah. stuff in some of their storage containers mm. and different spots on their ranch but and I can see how that would feel like an advantage oh, yeah. right but there's been, yeah. I don't know of anyone who's been violently impacted personally but like the focus of like the the border conversation because when I lived in Tucson it, it was so frustrating this was pre-medical versus even recreational in Arizona where they would find magically 50, 20 tons of fucking weed in the middle of the desert but no meth, no, like have, have, all these weed arrests were magically happening in the middle of the desert. But where's the, the, all the, the, oil, you know, the, the real bad stuff. Where was the heroin bus? A lot of that was just, you know, just diversion for like the real drug trade. And, and I, and I think that's our, our issue in America, right? We have, I was thinking about today, you know, about like substances, like I drink coffee every day. So, you know, what we need to teach like the kids and each other is like substance use and then the ver- versions of substance abuse, right? Like that's, this big dividing argument we have here in, in the country. And, you know, it's, it's simple. We just need to teach each other and understand how, like, substances are. Like, yes, well, we coffee. we need to be responsible with ourselves. Yeah. And we need to have education on what we're putting into our body. And we need to know what it is. We need to mm-hmm. absolutely know what it is. And the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, you can have, you can be addicted to caffeine or heroin. You know, there yeah. are a lot of addiction issues and we don't want to slight that in any way people need valid help with that but there's also people who have um quote unquote healthy relationships with different plant-based medicines and you know i I don't i don't see any problem with that as long as you're not hurting anyone and as long as you know like you're letting children wait until they are grown we do not you know 
condone people under the age of 18. Oh, no. You know, like you're kidding. Types of things, unless it's a medical use. You know, here in Texas, yeah. kids can use it um, for certain medical conditions. And arguably, that's safer than some pharmaceuticals, right? That they arguably. Factually and data-based, I'd say. And then let's let's break down some more of the numbers from yeah. the main story of the week. Yeah. Uh, how we many uh, convicts? <laughs> Look at that. Uh, you're talking at 6,577 U.S. citizens have committed the covered offense that, um, according to this is USCC, that is the U.S. Sentencing Commission, their data that they released in the wake of uh, Joe Biden's executive action pardoning these convicts, it's 6,577 of them. And then they break it down a little bit more. 1,122 cases involved what they call as resident slash legal uh, alien offenders. That may explain the uh, the map that we were seeing there with the border states having um, sure. a lot of uh, aspects to it. But that's just not all that many, you know, I mean, that many people. Here's a breakdown of them. You know, social equity, for example, says 41.3% are white, 31.8% are Hispanic, and 23.6% are black. So white people are understated by about 10-ish percent, and then Hispanics and black are also overstated by approximately 10-ish percent. But look at that, the gender breakdown. Now, yeah. uh, it is predominantly men that are arrested and convicted for at least one you know, count of this 21 USC section 844 involving marijuana for these past 30 fiscal years, 1992 through 2001. I, I think the big question, you know, overall with this big statement, and I'm sure Jax, you guys, everybody's been, what, what, what is simple possession? What, what, is, what, is, what is it, Mr. President? Like, what was your intention when you said this simple possession? You know, are you a store owner? Are you a farmer? Are you a, a concentrate guy? You know, there's all these different avenues that are now just fundamentally business. It's uh, weird. What is it, man? Yeah, I mean, it's well, unfair, right? To have someone be sitting in jail for something someone else is making a lot of money for. Yeah, right. Exactly. But I can I can pull up because they they provide the statute specifically. So I can pull up 21 Sweet. USC 844 and then say, OK, well, there it is. Um, and, it's you know pretty straightforward. So it's this uh, present for this area of the federal code, uh, and so I, the gov.info is probably the official one, but law.cornell.edu is position one. Take that. So they have good SEO, uh, yes. and then they just explain to you what this this is right here. It says uh, nine grams. I see. So nine grams is that's ephedrine. Where's marijuana? I'll just do a quick find for Mara, Mary. Where's the MRJ? Yes, okay, marijuana does not actually at all. The THC full. THC? Yeah. THC also does not appear. No, I'm saying you guys spell it with an H. Oh, yeah, it is marijuana. Well, under subchapter, yeah, or any drug, changeable law. So it's in here. And I, of course, I've never read it because it's criminal, federal criminal law. Mm-hmm. I, I make referrals in these instances. Well, yeah. That's, 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 go ahead, man. No, that's the statute. That's how you can find out what it is. And then it, I'll give you that link so you can spend some time on that rabbit hole. <laughs> well, isn't every pothead a, a, a lawyer? Like, I thought every, like, no. You know, <laughs> no, but you know what I mean? Like a home, what do you call it? Like a jailhouse lawyer? You know, every, every person's like, you know, I know my, which is essential. You know, how many other alcoholics? Well, here in Texas, 
there are some lawyers who you guys might be familiar with who they um, do like musical renditions to help people learn about marijuana law. Oh yeah, I saw that. One of them was don't eat your weed because it's a third degree felony. <laughs> oh my so, goodness. You know, it's a lot of people don't understand those types of things. You know, in Texas, concentrates are first degree state jail felony. Wow. And, uh, and Governor Abbott wants to keep it that way because yes. last week we reported on, yes. and the next story that we have is about Kentucky's governor because that was point two of Biden's uh, three point plan was calling on the governors. And so, so what did Abbott do? Governor Abbott, prior to Biden doing this, had said on record that he supported uh, reducing the penalties for possession. He has said on record that no one should be in jail for a small amount of, of marijuana. And so whenever we first got that news, we're like, you know, I mean, oppositional defiance of Biden, I'm sure is probably back there, but he's Love on it. the yes. record said these things, right? So, yeah. but you know, why- <laughs> I don't think it's so much oppositional defiance either, though. I think right now, look at their present leader. That's the who is oppositional defiance, right? I mean, I think it's basically like they don't want to give Biden any kind of win, was how right. I looked at it. And he and, and don't want to be in agreement with him in any way. And instead of saying, you know, wow, this is something that yeah. I said in the past, wait, wait for you to finally get on board, Biden, like flip Ooh, it on him. That would be great. And then he's like, no, I don't know. No, we're not going to do that. <laughs> I'm like, what? what? We will continue to keep that a uh, class three felony and we'll continue to ruin people's lives when we find out that they're doing something that's politically expedient for me. Yeah. I never thought anybody in a wheelchair could be an asshole. I mean, then, then, then there's Evan. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know, what about this Kentucky governor? And so he's actively considering marijuana pardons after nice. Biden's federal action. And he is urging people to apply for relief also out of marijuana moment. Uh, governor of Kentucky said on Thursday, actively considering it. Do we have a tweet from him? Oh, he actually put out a YouTube in a, in a town hall he did there. Neat. That's Governor Andy Bashir uh, in Kentucky. And so he's surprising. Yep. We will take well, I mean, very close look. He's working to try to promote some of the good bills that were coming forward and that had kind of gotten captured in some Republican, cl- uh, you know, Clause. <laughs> so I'm listen, I think that across the board, governors, despite whatever your political party may be, can agree that in 90% of the states, at least there's medical cannabis use. And so the idea that people should at least be able to apply for these pardons and get them, I mean, at least let people apply and yeah. have it evaluated on the merits, right? I think that, the, you know, the collateral consequences that many people live with I'm in Texas, 180 days, 180 days in jail max, a max wow. $2,000 fine. You lose your driver's license for 180 days as well. Good um, luck getting to your work then. Like now, <laughs> so like that's one of the reasons why people, they get arrested, they get into this trap, they start taking away their rights, they lose yeah. their jobs. Yeah. yeah. The recidiv- well, recidivism. You can't apply for certain jobs afterwards. Yeah. And then you, uh, in Texas, like you can't get certain rental locations or rental help. You can't apply for certain grants for, you know, school. So, I mean, it really. You're a third, not, what, what is it, a third class citizen. But like a guy like me trying to go to Texas, why would I move there? Uh, am I allowed to grow my five plants in my house in Texas? No, I'm not going to Texas anytime soon. I'm like, <laughs> you're going to tell me I got to quit growing weed? Man. 
It doesn't That's sound like a state to me, you know. Uh, so like Florida, right. there's a lot of people from California coming here, though. I mean, <laughs> I'm not like mad or anything, but I'm just saying that is a fact. Most people coming to Texas right now are from California, y'all. Well, you- taxes. Fixing the law itself would just help every citizen, though. Like, that's the thing. Like, this is not a... And then and it's, it's just... What, what do you call it? Like, when you're using something in an argument. Like, it's the, a bartering tool. It's, it's not. It's just people's lives and, and, and the future, right? Like, it's ridiculous that you guys are still stuck in 1930, unfortunately, you know? And there's other states stuck here with us, too. I mean, yeah. and I'll remind y'all that there are a few states that don't have medical either. Like, we have, I mean, granted, our medical program could use a lot of improvement. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, there's yep. a lot of states or a few states that still don't have anything. There they are. True and story. so, like, I, I got to do this presentation for uh, continuing legal education. I get extra credit for it. And some of it's my uh, my my ethics credit. So it's like really gold for hmm. lawyers that are tuning in. But here are the states. And so, like, I have to do the, the federalism principles. And so here's the 19 plus D.C. There's adult use. Uh, there's 18 states that have uh, medical marijuana. And then there's seven states that have CBD oil oil only medical cannabis. Texas is in there. Mm -hmm. And then there are six states where it is still completely fully illegal. The uh, rotten six, I guess we can call them. That's Idaho, Kansas, North Carolina, Nebraska, South Carolina, and Wyoming. Um, Completely illegal in those states. Yeah. What about the... What, what people are doing now, the workaround. You should do a whole uh, topic on just the uh, turning the, the hemp Delta 8 into Delta 9, right? Like well, people- I, I don't want to get the channel deleted, to be honest. <laughs> so, like, we just got out of having an active strike, and so now we can be a little bit more bold with what we, we say. It's, it's not but- like... Very, it's 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 the truth. It's actual shit that's going on, right? It's not like they're doing actually is taking CBD and putting it through an isomerization process, which turns it into delta eight uh, tetrahydrocannabinol. At which point, it is very akin to delta nine, and therefore, when you combust it, you can have the same euphoric kind of consequences. Um, Texas does have a robust, you know, market here for it, and mm-hmm. we actually have some pretty good regulations on testing. I mean, still, you need to watch out for those unauthentic COAs, etc. Right. But um, I mean, it's something that, listen, people are creative. They want access to THC, okay? Yeah, seriously. That's what they want. They're finding a way around it, and yeah. you want to make sure that it's out of the hands of people under the age of 21. We need to have a regulated adult use market, because yes. as of right now, anyone over the age that. of can get any Delta 8 products. And personally, I think when you're an adult, you're an adult, so whatever. But Real in Texas, they've changed the smoking age to 21. So that's in line with everything in our state, is saying you have to be 21 to use these products. Right. You know? So... And we're not asking for like the world, right? We're just asking for adults to have an option or a chance to either one, uh, have a wellness option slash recreational option, or two... To try and grow the goddamn thing, because growing weed's not hard, but growing good weed is. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and also, weed. I'll let you know, you know, I know that technically we're, I don't know if we're technically CBD oil anymore, because we've bumped mm. up to 1% here in Texas, oh. but that is by volume. So they have been able to come up with high THC formula formulations. Like you can get 25 milligram gummies and stuff like that. Um, cool. Now it's not affordable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But it is, it's 20 past the hour, which means that it's 420 somewhere. We're going to take a quick break and we will be right back.
And that 420 somewhere break was brought to you by Collateral Base. Wow, it's a picture of me on the website. It's like I own the company. So if you want to work with us, you can go there and then click on the Let's Go button. And that'll take you to our uh, outside general counsel page where you can become a client. So, uh, you know, hopefully if you guys do have a cannabis company and you need something, that's how we can work together. Uh, anyway, you know, it, it appears that uh, Texas is full of that, uh, that weight loophole that the whole country is full of. But they've amped it and they've gone to 1%. And I've heard some rumors from the next farm bill, 2023, by the way, hmm. uh, where they may raise the, the percentage of the uh, permissible Delta 9 THC in hemp. I mean, because it's so it's so ridiculous. Point three was an arbitrary number when they originally made it. You know what in I the mean? Like, and the variance of yeah. the machines can be greater than that, right? So, I mean, to me, making it one percent or five percent and under is completely reasonable. It's complete because otherwise, you're seeing a lot of farmers having to destroy their their product yeah. um, because <laughs> just it sat in the sun for too long and now it's point four. <laughs> you know, it's decarbed or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm also seeing very bold farmers saying that they have that good THCA flower. I'm like, mm. you keep that flower out of the sun. You, know, you keep that flower. <laughs> you, you be very careful with that THCA flower. Yeah. How do you guys think that legalization, say descheduling, like say say that happens, right? Because Biden issued the three directives, and one is the Justice Department, the other is the Health Department, right? Like so, descheduling happens. How do you guys think that? Because like this barrier three percent it's just a bullshit barrier right to plants like issuing uh, should be a little bit kind of like alcohol you've got wine and or or beer which is like low alcohol level you've got wine which is mids you've got some liqueurs you know and then you start getting into the harder alcohol and then you've got like everclear right yeah then you have everclear (laughs) which you're allowed to go i can go buy a case of that everclear and then uh, the funny thing is, I love when I'm walking through the grocery store and I see something that makes me laugh. And I saw it once. They had Everclear in the alcohol section, because it's alcohol, on the lowest level possible. So like a toddler walking by can just grab the bottle of Everclear. But then if I go try to buy cannabis in Illinois, I got to show my ID nine different times and I get shuttled <laughs> out like I'm a cattle that's going to the, the abattoir. You know, uh, it, it's just so shockingly glaring the disparate treatment of chemicals, especially when considering you when you like look at it factually and you're like, wait, alcohol can do all of these things. Yeah. And we does these other things. Why are we regulating it like this? Well, well I mean, I think the yeah. idea of also for people to keep in their heads that there are some strains that are going to be like a lighter effect and some of them are going to be a lot heavier and you have to really be thoughtful about that and so like i like to really talk about like start low and go slow if this is your first time you know people have can have negative experiences if they use much all at once and you know people are like oh you know you can't overdose on marijuana let me be clear you cannot overdose and die but you sure can take too much and be real real uncomfortable okay Mm -hmm. So a bad experience is a bad experience, right? Like, it's not like, uh, sure. But it also shows that marijuana, unlike alcohol is self titrating where you're like, no, 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 I'm good. (laughs) Come on. One more. All right. One more, you know, uh, alcohol, you could be talked into that last one. Oops. I shouldn't have had that with weed. If you'd have that last hit, you might just be in a very uncomfortable place and it's much shorter in duration. And it's also much less bad for your internal organs than uh, Mm -hmm. the alternative. But, but like we do it over okay. right, pot stocks. It was it was an interesting pot stock news. It was uh, an example kind of like the meme stocks, I think. Okay. 
That was uh, international news. I meant to hit the pot stock one. <laughs> and then the pot stock one is where is the pot stock one? Let me see if I can 420. So anyway, uh, the claim that Nancy Pelosi bought a whole bunch of cannabis stocks in the days before the federal marijuana pardons turned out to be BS. Uh, there were some viral posts going around uh, that evidently Nancy Pelosi bought 10,000 shares of dollar sign uh, ticker symbol weed mm. stock four days before it exploded higher. Uh, and then she would have made an $80 million investment into a $120 million investment. That's because pot stocks on the day that Biden made this announcements rallied over 30%. But right. it was just a lie. I, I like how like we live in a world now where they will politicize the issue because they know that Nancy Pelosi is like, you know, a, a lightning rod or something. Seriously, She's going though. to engender people's responses and be like, oh, I hate her. Or, oh, you don't, yeah. you don't say those bad things about her. So they, they use that. Uh, and then they make up a lie, maybe to even sell and to move the price of this stock, dollar sign, weed, because it might only be trading for like 80 cents, you know? Sure. Well, now it's, what, they went back down, right? They're all... Everything leveled out. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I saw, I heard a, a, a funny thing. Did you guys watch Saturday Night Live last night? Uh, they talked about uh, how Pelosi says she was going to punch Trump in the nose and go to jail. And then uh, Michael Chase, like, yeah, she'd be happy in jail because she has uh, fucking stocks in private prisons. It's like <laughs> so sad. Yeah. That is sad. But you, you know, don't know, but if legalization happened, though, what do you think, like with hemp? Like, since if you, if you don't have that 3% barrier, you don't have to burn your bad stock, right? If you're just trying to grow well, rope and okay, t-shirts. The thing is that like people who are growing for an industrial purpose are growing very differently than people who are use, growing for human consumption. So you're not yeah. going to use mm -hmm. human consumption cannabis to make clothes and rope. But that nope. human uh, consumption cannabis, you can use for a bunch of different things. And instead of having to destroy it, it could be, you know, that you that small amount of THC could still be extracted and you can still use like the CBD for some, I mean, there people will come up with a way to use it. And yeah. this way you have more product because you can always concentrate or dilute whatever you have using science. Right. Well, regulation, that's why it's important, too. If you can just say, OK, it's labeling is the regulation like that's always the important. And one. I think it's also really important when we're talking about um, descheduling is that we we really want to push for descheduling rather than rescheduling at normal. Mm. <clears throat> rescheduling would lock it into a purely kind of medical uh, position and still would cause problems for those that have the legal markets in their state. Okay. We think that while it is important that medical studies continue and medical access is available full descheduling of the cannabis plant much like you know how alcohol or nicotine is is treated is the best way to go yep i agree with that but then yeah. um that's not going to allow uh news like this one or news in my state and so like connecticut's fairly similar to illinois at least in the terms of it's a limited cannabis license market mm -hmm. and so uh, there's a lawsuit out of the cannabis social equity licenses that uh, were issued to approximately i don't know like 30 percent or something of the 41 that applied i want to say uh like 17 of them got a license, but many of them didn't. So all the ones that didn't get a license sued to say they should be able to correct their application to then get this license. And so if you deschedule the plant as opposed to reschedule the plant, these phony baloney uh, fictional value of licenses evaporates. It'd be like, how much is a hemp license worth? Well, 
do you have a buyer who's growing it? What's your yield? Like what's your cash flows? We can start valuing that, but it doesn't really matter. Like, you know, your asset doesn't include the license because anybody can really get that. It's what you can do with it. Uh, in, in limited license states, the assets do very often include the license and then they can keep the price artificially high. So if it's just descheduled, chaos the whole world's oklahoma now and especially well, without look what happened when him was scheduled everybody's like well <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna make all this money yeah you know who and made all their money the guy the selling your feet yeah that's it when you look at the dilution those hemp products you know yeah you can get thc from a lot of places now so i mean it's one of those things where if you're trying to make it where only big companies can monopolize the situation that's problematic it doesn't allow for mom and pop stores, boutique stores, kind of like, you know, you see your local brew house or like whatever, you know, it doesn't allow for that. And I think another thing is allowing for home cultivation because A, not everyone can afford to purchase everything. Right. And B, there is therapeutic value in gardening that can help people. And so, you know, yeah. I like that. Well, and also people that do garden and are good at it make extra and like you know give it away to like other patients and stuff or consumers we got people in the chat talking about how kentucky is about 1200 a pound and someone else was saying somewhere uh uh where is that here uh they're paying 300 or no that's qp or uh 300 michigan well, something. yeah but the, 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 i had somebody who's got uh, licenses in the oklahoma market and they said it's approximately a thousand to eleven hundred for indoor i still high for, for a pound no that's wholesale i mean that's nothing you might only have been able to grow that for like $700, $800. And so the spread on that, that margin is really thin at 1000 a pound for premium indoor. And then greenhouse was down to like six, $700, which is also not a great spread. Um, but so you guys then, are still going to grow. You should do it outdoor, right? Yeah, but you guys are still kind of like that price point, right? With California and Oregon who are $300 pounds of like quality cannabis. You know, the market still has to become a platitude of like, that's why it's kind of like a regulation is good. Because you're paying twelve hundred, so I, I, the reason why I was bringing it up because in Kentucky they're twelve hundred pounds, like old school uh, prohibition. At least for me here, Washington State was worth it, right? Because you're paying not taxes, but you're you're, you're the, the the danger involved, right? Like someone, you know, that's the markup or whatever. That's the price point. The but, convenience fee. Yeah, convenience just, fee for twelve hundred. I paid for something online with a credit card. That was convenient. <laughs> but, but in where they got the fee, yeah, yeah. But it seems the regulated markets, once they finally start, you're able to farm without going to jail or risk. It seems the prices do go down because now you learn what's need to to to, to create that thing, right? Like you guys, well, there's paying. competition, and people can yes. choose where they're going to go to, and so you have to have the best bud at the best price. And right. that's what's great about competition. It's great for the consumers. Um, the only thing I will say is, you know, making sure that those, you know, have good testing and don't let mm. fraudulent, you know, products into the marketplace. I think that's really important because oh, yeah. you want to know what you're getting. Well, well they, we got a great story kind of on this. And so this was a little unexpected news. Market Watch is reporting that the Kansas City Fed said cannabis boosted economic activity in the 10th Federal Reserve District. You may now be asking yourself, well, what does that mean? Where is the 10th Federal Reserve District for Kansas City? Well, that goes to our next one. Uh, the 10th District includes Oklahoma, the most Damn. open and notorious cannabis market in the United States. 
Plus, it also includes fairly open Colorado, uh, wide open and recently open New Mexico, and uh, less regulated than Illinois, like a limited market state, but open uh, limited market. So you can acquire a license for a reasonable price point. Uh, Missouri, at least a portion of it. And they are saying that this is boosting uh, economic activity because, uh, and it's creating jobs, generating tax revenue, uh, increasing commercial real estate demand. So people very often, you're going to get a license, you're going to get a zoning meeting that you have to go to. And one of the questions is always going to be like, what are you doing about the smell? And the other one is, what's this going to do to my property values? Yeah. So now you have data from one of the largest Federal Reserve banks saying, good things. It's winning. Good yeah. things will happen. But that's that's the Oklahoma market. I, I wish that uh, all the other states would look at it and say, we shouldn't make it, you know, um, OPEC. You know, you should make it more like uh, American entrepreneurialism, where anybody can get a license oh, yeah. who's qualified, that's you know done the application and paid their dues, and then they can go into business. And that license in and of itself is not going to be something that they can broker for millions of dollars. Well, the license is like the requirements to enter the market, right? That that, that but that, that's, that's just regulation down the road, right? Because there's things you're going to have to meet to get in any of these stores and shit like that. Like, it's not like I can make cupcakes in my house and and, and go to uh, Fred Meyer, Ralph's, wherever you go to, and say, "Hey, can you try Miguel's cupcakes." I mean, I made them. You could take Miguel's cupcakes to the farmer's market in theory. Yeah. Texas. Oh, yeah. And then many other states have, it's called the Cottage Industry Act. And so there's these little laws that get passed from a state to state basis to allow for uh, small businesses to, for like food base, to actually start in the home and then maybe sell them at the farmer's market or the local markets that are in your community. And then the next step would be, and then they can get a brick and mortar store. So they can kind of like, uh, bootstrap themselves from a very small home-based business all the way up to being uh, Momco on Futurama, that huge global conglomerate. Well, you, I uh, just dropped in our private chat if you want to share it with um, the people watching. There is um, some nice. analysis that Normal recently did on the um, home value increases as well. So oh, wow. not oh, just... Uh, real estate uh, for business, but also in general, you know, what is happening? What are we seeing um, in states that have legalized? And it has positively impacted the home values in those areas. I go on yep. and say safer neighborhoods too, right? Because your property values are going up. Then you got more money to invest in a local community, whatever that is, law enforcement or whatever, schools. Yep. And we will <laughs> drop this in the comments. And then I just did. And then I'll also drop it after the show and tag it so that uh, many people who watch the program, they may have to go before a zoning uh, board one day and they may have to say, you know, well, Normal did a study where they looked at all the property values and then you could cite it and you can provide this to your local zoning and educate them. And then they are going to be way less likely to deny it unless, of course, it's politics. For one, whatever reason, politics over money for a lot of things. For some <laughs> But so with the Kentucky thing or Kansas thing, how many other feds are there? Does every state have a fed? I don't understand much of the banking system when it comes to that kind of stuff. There's like, like a couple. I don't know a ton, but there are, yeah. you know, a certain number of districts across the country and they look at the financial de- data within those districts. And so mm-hmm. since, as you know, he said, it has kind of the most active and maybe long term, you know, markets, I think mm. it shows um very right. clearly what happens. But, you know, I will say we don't really know what happens when you're like the last one on the bus, you know, like oh. you're not going to have the same 
breakout success uh, that Colorado had. And I think it's also important that, you know, we've been talking a lot about like the price and this, that, and the other, that I understand that legalization and retail cannabis is a revenue stream for many states. I absolutely disagree with medical cannabis ever being taxed. Medicine shouldn't be taxed, but I understand that it's a, it's a revenue stream, but we see that in states that have unreasonably high taxes, a lot of people will divert back to the illicit market because it's more affordable. And so if we want to make sure that we really are staying and promoting that regulated market where you know, that people are being ID'd and we're ensuring that, you know, kids aren't getting a hold of it, then we need yeah. to keep taxes reasonable. It's not, we don't need to treat it like a total cash cow yet cash cow. Yes, it's a revenue stream, but you know, 40% taxes, that's a lot of taxes. <laughs> this know? is a fifty dollar vape. Now I bought this vape in Chicago. It's only a third of a gram. It's disposable. I have to throw it out when it's done. It was already charged, so very wasteful. It was $35 before tax and $50 out the door. It's a third of a gram. Yeah. And that's not uh, feasible for a patient, right? Like for them to have like one well, of I mean, the some patients who have money, maybe it's feasible, but if you ain't rich. <laughs> and that's most of us though. <laughs> I mean, well, like, let's say maybe you're mid-income, but you're a single person, maybe you yeah. can afford it. But if you're mid-income and you're a single parent with three kids, you're, you're probably not going to be able to afford it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I tell you, it, it's something else, but uh, it's just the way that each state wants to do it in their own little way. And I think that the industry is robust enough to really be <clears throat> like a beer, a local thing that you can have local flavors and local breweries. But then the vast majority will probably be sold at Walmart one day. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, that might take 20 years. It's not kind of a culture thing, too, right? Because then the culture is going to be kind of dissipate into this like weird like like craft beer right i got not my local breweries i drink my local beers and and sometimes they're more expensive depending on what's going on but you know i'm just not really my my palate likes the a, a good beer which i, I or considers that a good beer so like the same for weed you know you're gonna have walmart weed i think eventually or marlboro but you know I, at that point i think it's still hopefully no one's in jail right hopefully this power being able to incarcerate someone for trying to just grow something in their backyard to last a little bit for you know their own uh, use is ridiculous. And, and, and I think at that point, when you have that Walmart weed, you know, hopefully we're at the level where nobody's going to jail. It's not it's not a priority for for police to, to fuck with you. Well, here's the deal: is that like while I agree with you that I want it to be readily available, well tested, and affordable, yeah, like. Has Walmart been fighting the war against, uh, you know, prohibition on marijuana? No, you haven't. So I also (laughs) want to see the people who have been doing the work being able to reap some of the rewards. You know what I mean? So, you know, when I see big businesses swoop in and just steal up a whole market and now there's like absolutely no way that these activists can even have a cottage industry type situation. That's frustrating. That's frustrating. And, and, I mean, I get that it's business, but it's also really unfair because boots on the ground doing this for, you know, years and years versus like, I happen to have a lot of money and I've been advised this is a good idea. So I'm just going to do it. It's very American though. Like here in Washington state, you know, we've had activists for years trying to legalize it until this weird out of state money came in with petitioning, right? Because the parliamentary procedure, as far as like getting a rule done or 
getting awareness done. It, it's very hard because you pay petitioners, you pay people to go hang out in Safeways and 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 whatever convenience where people are at. Mm-hmm. You know, concerts to collect signatures for initiatives or whatever thing your state does. And, it stalls and, your industry. I mean, like in yeah. Illinois, we're so stalled. We have one craft grower that's open over a year after they got the license. Many of them are still scrambling to find capital because there's only those 88 currently licenses. That's it. Just these 88. And then you have to kind of start at 5,000 square foot of canopy. And if you're going to build that indoor, it's quite expensive. It's in the, it's less than 10 million, but it could be more than five. Uh, and as a result of that, it costs all this money even after you get this limited license. Plus, they were using all this social equity uh, aspects of it. So many of the people who get the licenses actually have no capital. And so the only way they're going to get the capital is give up control of the licenses, and they don't want to do that. Uh, and so it just creates all these these problems that if this was like uh, social equity in New Mexico, where you, every applicant must have a plan to address it, to, to open up their doors so that uh, people that have been injured by the war on drugs can be either an owner because anybody can get a license, A, or they can uh, you know be an employee and they'd be welcomed and then also give back some of the revenue to help ameliorate the uh, issues that were caused in that, that particular community in which you operate but everybody can get a license. And so you don't necessarily need to go ahead and start at 5 million bucks. You might be able to get operational for a couple hundred thousand dollars. You know, uh, why are they doing it so disparate depending on whatever state you look at? Like, why is it so rigged when I look at Georgia and Illinois and so open when I look at New Jersey and New Mexico or, or, or Michigan or to a certain or extent, look, Colorado? Look at the medical cannabis licensing here in Texas. There's oh. three licensees. One of them, one of them doesn't even like provide medicine to people. I don't think. What? Um, and the other two are functioning and one of them is owned by a, a Texas person, but the other one is out of state. Sure. Um, and it costs $500,000 every two years for their license. And do they, do they do any champion for the, as far as like with normal working with you guys or anything? You like know, that? I have some good relationships with the people there. You know, they want to see the program improve too. They want to mm-hmm. see more patients and more conditions included too. You know, like yeah. we may disagree on opening up licensure, <laughs> more open perhaps, but we agree on a lot of things. And okay. so, yes, they have been supportive um, in many different ways. And I'm very thankful for that. You know, like, I, yeah. I don't know how it is in other states, but here we do have that. And they're, the idea of licensing, that is, you know, potentially the one issue that we have, but they want to see that THC cap removed. They want to see a robust patient list. In fact, supporting doctor recommendation rather than an actual list of qualifying condition. Hmm. You know, Tom always points out like, you know, how, you know, we're going to have these MSOs no matter what. Right. But like, I think part of the reason why they'll still be strong until federally, federally, because that's what he talks about. Like, that'll be the collapse of these big MSOs because they're worked as fiefdoms. Right. We have 50 uh, monopolies in America right now. Right. Because each state has their own rules and, and laws and hurdles for just someone to get into the game. Uh, uh, you know, here in Washington that I saw early, like, I'm going through a bunch of stuff that I have, like, in the, uh, uh, like, the the basement, you know, as you clean, uh, your, your daily cleaning dudes. And I found this, uh, uh, when I first got my first script uh, in Washington State, all you needed to do was get a, 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 a holistic caregiver to give you a, a license saying you had, like, uh, anxiety or bad back. And, you know, I have it all. I had it, and I have my military records, like, this thick. So I just bring it in. 
They ask you some questions to legitimize the process. And then they, they give you a, took my picture and put it on R&D. But this picture wasn't, uh, 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 what do you call it, uh, uh, accepted everywhere. There was no regulation like that going on in Washington State when it came to like how we're going to create the, uh, they, they created the patients. You just can't, how are you going to create the stores now and the, and the collectives and things like that? But like I was given like that, a printout of my rights as a patient. And, and these, I didn't realize these are all coupons for like markets that were around time. Like, <laughs> oh, like no, not allowed to have coupons. <laughs> But I mean, like, that's the kind of shit that happens, right? Like, these fuckers saw, like, people were making money and doing legit processes and and, and, and being businesses, respectable business. Everybody was trying to pay, figure out how to save tax money. Like, they, who do you give it to? They didn't know who to give it to or how to give their cannabis tax or how much to tax on top of it because there was no rule for it until the rule happened. And then that killed everybody. Because you got to know the rules and be a part of the uh, the process. See, the, the, well, there's a lot of people that did that with hemp here in Texas. They're like, oh, yeah. hemp's legal. I can do what I want. I'm going to do this, that, and the other. And then, like, the rules came out. No, was, like, they, their business mm-hmm. they created was, mm. like, not at all compliant. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, you're yeah, in, like, the wrong zone. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, hemp is just, uh, it's its uh, very much the Wild West. Uh, and so anyway, we do have some Name That Strain that we can play. It's about uh, three quarter past the hour. So let's uh, let's do some Name That Strain. Oh, let's see. Jackson Scratch and Sniff. Oh, hey, now I Scratch and Sniff. There is the strain. Uh, now, it, it, some of our watchers and our viewers, and Miggy is going to be sampling this strain, I'm sure. Uh, they're quite good at, at just naming strains. You know, like Chad is one of these guys that's just ridiculous at Jedi. it. Um, and so this one is, uh, it's got two names. Uh, one of them looks like it's Japanese, but uh, the other one is a uh, Ted Nugent song. So I, I was like, really? Like that, that crappy Ted Nugent song? And so I probably would not. Just, just because of my bias against Ted Nugent uh, by this strain. Um, anyway, it's got uh, some really <laughs> interesting parents. Uh, Romulan crossed with Blackberry Kush and Bay 11. So that's the uh, the clue frosty. for what this name that strain is. Yeah, very frosty. Uh, well trimmed. Looks like it was indoor. Uh, it doesn't have any real exposure to elements on it or, or much color, you know? Yeah. Oh, is that it? It's not Cat Scratch Fever. Okay. A different... A different Ted Nugent song. But, That's the only uh, one I know. I know. Uh, <laughs> I know too. The other one. The other one besides Cat. <laughs> I know. I'm like, should I Google it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, the uh, Romulan crossed with Blackberry Kush oh, and Bay 11. Oh, it was uh, also in Hot Tub Time Machine. There it is. There it is. There right. you go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so it's Cloud99's got it. Great white buffalo. And so this is what we're looking at. Not the great white, just white buffalo. Yeah, yeah. Uh, also known as Tatanaka. It's a sativa marijuana strain made by crossing Romulan with Blackberry Kush and Bay 11. It has a blast of effects that are uplifting, active and euphoric, uh, cherished and a rarity to hard to find in Morris dispensaries, probably because it's named after a Ted Nugent song. The flavor of white buffalo is sweet and sour. Grower says the buds are covered with snowy white coating uh, and crystally trichomes, and that's probably also where it gets its name. I don't think it was um, actually a Ted Nugent song. I could be wrong, though. It looks so sticky. Look good. Yeah. Look good. Oh, so we got some international news. You got that? We do have some international news. This international news is um, uh, a little upsetting to a certain extent. I'm going to 
take the um the, the comment off but this one's out of the philippines in the philippines their department of justice's chief son was arrested with p1 million and so that just basically means philippine dollars one million of philippine dollars worth of marijuana this was reported off of the inquirer net the philippines daily inquirer i would be um, so scared for my that, kid dude yeah yeah in the philippines <laughs> And I mean, wasn't he like, well, he gets what he gets. Seriously, though. No, here, here, here's, here's the official statement. Uh, first off, the dad thanked the PDEA. That is the Philippines Department of or Drug Enforcement Agency. So the Philippines kind of, for you know obvious reasons, we did pretty much colonize them for many years, I believe. Yeah. Uh, they exported many of our laws and also many of our um, uh legal structure it seems like for the department of justice this was the uh, was it their attorney general this apartment right right so the justice yeah. secretary jesus crispin and so uh justice secretary and so he's the lead of the department of justice and that's what he said uh for his 38 year old son uh, we all know about unconditional love but at 38 years old he will have to face his predicament as a fully emancipated child i have to abide by the oath i took when i assumed this position he said in a statement. He called a 38-year-old um, a fully emancipated child. <laughs> I know, right? He called a 38-year-old an emancipated <laughs> child. That is the senior member of the Department of Justice for the Philippines, you know, and Secretary well, Jesus Crispin. They're killing people out there. I mean, you you, you literally got to be like, hey, my son might get murdered. <laughs> yeah. Hey, this, this and, is and law. worst. He says, I respect the justice system and I, res- and I wish my son a path to redemption, which may be that like he's going to get killed. I'm not sure. Uh, the chief justice said it was a very difficult time for him and his family, but this is nothing compared to what so many Filipinos are going through. Yeah, because like they live it under a murderous regime. I mean, like Seriously. how much worse is it for these other Filipinos? Gimini. Fuck. I mean, and, and the kid lives, I, you know, if he wasn't of somebody in power you know most likely would be dead because they they should they have what what is like uh they can just shoot on sight like that's wow that's so sad Mm -hmm. (laughs) hey so like could i have a new dad that's what i would be thinking well i'd be you're done i mean there's no justice there right there's no real process and even and if there is like you got caught with a million dollars of weed whatever like i Always accepted the consequences of weed that I've been with. Like the, that, that's why I've always been trying to fight for like safe access, right? Like, and stop putting people in jail. There's just fundamental shit to live your life that you need, and uh, uh, you're done at that point. That that guy, you're so effed, dude. There's no, yeah. <laughs> you know, I yeah, it, it's yeah, nine hundred and thirty-seven grams of Kush. That's that's what he got caught with. So he got caught with approximately two pounds. You just wow. lose your life over weed. It's a little crazy. Like that would be a thing. And then there's the, the the fact that America has still people in prison, right? Like again, that simple possession stuff. Like who? I really do hope they have a plan, and I really hope they fucking act upon it. And st- we start hearing names of people who are like, "Oh, thank God, I'm out." Right? Like Lance Glore. I text him. People in prison do have uh, access to phones and, and messaging and shit. And I was like, "Hey, I hope this makes its way to you." And he's like, "So do I." You know? What I mean, after. Uh, see, I've been in my job for six years now, and so he's been locked up for six years. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, six of the ten years, I just, uh, uh, damn. Like, you know, other yeah. people that we've had in the show, they've lost their kids while they're locked up. You know, there's time. We don't get time back. 
you know, Jack, you're saying how like the MSOs and shit like that. But, you know, for me, it's just about taking this power away because I was thinking the other day, like I'm trying to like write shit again. And, uh, you know, since I've been doing this, I've been doing this over half my life now, just fucking blah, blah, blah. And about like, hey, help, you know, stop this bad law. And uh, uh, I've met a lot of people who not here no more, you know, and I'm almost 50. And I'm like, Jesus, I might not be here. Like to, to, to have mentally a capacity that I won't see federal legalization blows my mind. And it just, mm-hmm. there, then there's other people who are behind bars and just their time is behind bars. That's it. You know, like I'm fortunate enough to be able to blah, blah, blah with you guys. But, uh, you know, it's important that we get this shit done. Like hopefully the, the department is looking hard at this, the HSC or whoever, the Department of Health as well. You know, all the shit addressed, we get real change. And that's why everybody's got to vote Democrat, too. And then this is coming up November. I'm just <laughs> saying, man. Fucking democracy's ass in there. <laughs> uh, well, I get it. I get it. But then, like, um, Oklahoma is a very Republican state. You know, Missouri's fairly Republican. Arkansas, South Dakota, North what Dakota. What is Republican but anymore? You, you have to, you have to not politicize legalization. Yeah, you know? it is bipartisan. This is about health and safety. Right. This isn't about political party. Now, we can say very clearly that certain political parties have supported it more than other political parties. True. But if we don't allow this space for people to be able to turn around on the issue and change their minds, then they're just going to be little T-Rexes in the corner fighting with their little short arms. Okay? But I think not those, gonna... No, I get that. But those people, I think, are the same people who don't believe the, the election was fair. Right? These are people who you're not going to be able to like convince. Like, But there's normal people. People who actually understand and, and, and respect, like when they talk about like the letter of the law and like how you want to I'm change just saying, it. A lot of those normal people might identify as Republicans, but the oh, fact yeah. of the matter is, is if we want to talk about voting and you want to know where your legislators stand on the issue, you can go to uh, vote.normal.org. You put in your zip code and it will pop up all the candidates for your area. And we've rated um, and graded many of them. You'll be able to find if there's any quotes, any history of their votes that you want to look at, um, any uh, media that we've been able to find on them. And so Mm. I think that it's really important that you know how to vote because, you know, like you might be faced like in Texas, there's a lot of counties where the only person running is a Republican. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I understand that everybody's like. Like, but see, I, I think that's the other thing too. Is there's a lot of this Republican Party who who abide by politics like religion, and it's not right. It's about the this chess game of like putting people in the Congress and Senate so they can get shit approved, right? Like, you know, Biden's leadership in the past. Like, I used to not give an f about the president. I used to think it was the dumbest. Like, like I think they were the queens and, and kings, like heads of state. You know, just just little like check marks that we don't care about right little meat puppets but leadership doesn't matter and what this leadership has done i think has done some stuff that you know the more uh, dems are happening the more stuff happens that's in my favor as far as someone who makes less than two hundred thousand dollars you know i'm just you know the working person right like it's, it's just funny to me that these republicans convince working people that they're for their agenda whereas there's no real plan for anybody under but legalization you know, Biden made steps. And then if we get more people, then the Roe versus Wade thing. It's like, you know, they're, they're like, oh, I mean, I know there's good people called Republicans, but you you guys got tainted. <laughs> you know, there's there's a lot of stupid. You mean, <laughs> did, you, did you see the story out of Alabama this week? Oh, my God. Yes, exactly. Oh, my goodness. Well, who do you think's behind stories like this? Pregnant woman held for months in one Alabama jail to protect fetus is. So maybe she was pregnant with twins from drugs. Um, and so this story is ridiculous where she was arrested, uh, 
with a small police arrested her on May 25th with a small amount of marijuana and a pistol without a permit to carry. Uh, and that would have been fine, but she was pregnant because she found out a couple days before. And as such, she was then in legal limbo for three months. It's, this was just ridiculous. Yeah. Rehab and $10,000 in cash and several pregnant women and moms accused of exposing their fetuses to drugs have been held for weeks inside the Etowah County Detention Center. I believe that's Etowah County in Alabama, one of the best counties there are, obviously. That's what prohibition enables, and not just prohibition, but also the prohibition of uh, uh, women's rights, right? Taking that ability away to, like, you know, make your choice of how you can live your, treat your body. <laughs> your, your endocannabinoid system, right? She wasn't drinking alcohol. She wasn't chasing, uh, uh, you know, you got an endocannabinoid system. Mother's milk produces it. And, like, she's literally known for days, you guys. Yeah. Right. Days. Yeah. Days. Like, it's not like, I am seven months pregnant. And oh, my God, yeah. Right. You know? <laughs> and right. also forcing her to be, like, accepting this as your... Because what if, like, she wanted to, like, what if, what the sort the, the the circumstances that led to that maybe were, like, not, like, good. And she's like, I need to, like, stop this right now. But now you're being forced to, like, go through these circumstances because of that freaking law. Uh, both That's right. <laughs> but then, like... Well, I don't I mean, it's just ridiculous. These types of laws, though, are everywhere when it comes to using substances and then they they, they yeah. use cannabis to to interject family squabbles. And so then, you know, they'll use it with the kids where it's like, oh, well, that person's using weed. Let's tell the DCFS or whatever department of the family and children. Uh, oh, that they're using drugs. And then they'll use that to try to separate or to try to get like a leg up in uh, custody battles when two uh, people are divorced and are feuding over it. Uh, I, and that just is like the worst, like shocking, like, you know, that's actually a law in, in America for people. And, well, I guess yeah. the laws have been around a long time and they've been used against, you know, minorities and, and people of oh, color yeah. for decades upon decades. You know, when you look, there was a recent study that was like how many uh, new moms were tested for cannabis um, at the hospitals when their babies were born. Oh, yeah. And it was like predominantly black women who were on government assistance. Mm. Sure. But and those babies are fine, though, with cannabis. I mean, I'm just saying if you're going <laughs> to have something, they're using it as a tool Yeah. to keep you know, certain segments of our communities in, oh, in, yes. in a bad cycle. And it's un, uh, unacceptable. hundred percent. But we're getting so much closer than we were though. You know, I mean, that's why I live where I live. Honestly, I, I moved to Seattle area because the DEA at the time said he wasn't going to prosecute people for weed. Like I need that kind of reassurance. Damn it. Cause I yeah. smoked that much weed. <laughs> <Dude>. I, I, <laughs> I able to grow weed. My best I mean, life, man. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Well, let's see if this is going to come to uh, Pennsylvania, because we have a couple of stories now out of Pennsylvania, as that is a fairly high-profile Senate case between uh, Dr. Oz and John Fetterman. And so Fetterman's uh, been advocating for the legalization of marijuana for a long time. And it's, it's kind of annoying, because in Pennsylvania, they have a fairly limited license area of only a medical program. Uh, and so... Fetterman says that he had this great conversation with Biden just days before he made that um, uh, announcement yeah. on Jan uh, uh, oh, I'm sorry, October 6th. But 
Now Dr. Oz is uh, piling on. He says that he also now supports marijuana pardons and opposes federal mandatory minimum prison sentences. Uh, what poll did just, he see that changed his mind? Right, That's what it is. And so like, yeah. uh, what poll did he see to change his mind? Because they will come around to it when it's popular. Mm-hmm. When they can get some votes on it, they'll say, oh, yeah, I believe in that. Well, I, I mean, always have. It was very convenient that like a couple weeks before Biden's announcement, there was polling that showed that people were disappointed that the federal legislators weren't taking action, more action on marijuana policy. Oh, yeah. But that's freaking good. What he what he just did. Right. He probably saw that this camp saw that and was like, okay, let's do something that that because, you know, it's very tight session to get anything done federally before the lame duck and then the Mm. midterms. Right. Mm. And so Mm. if you want to be able to give the Democrats a quote unquote win on this, if it might not be possible legislatively, then this is how you do it. Mm. That's right. Well, (laughs) you know, to wrap up the show, I got a little history article on it and uh miggy may have already seen it so that's kind of prejudice him because i didn't know this and the people that are viewing it at home we can kind of play a little talk to the audience with them uh it says that we have like 166 on right now hey uh where did bongs come from so uh where do you, what country do you think they invented the bongs in the water pipe that's really I'm asia yes china yeah but- yes it does appear that it is China, uh, or, or at least to that aspect of Asia. And so we have uh, sources that are saying, uh, from the invention of the water pipe dates to China during the late Ming Dynasty, which would have been in the 16th century, along with tobacco through Persia and the Silk Road. By the Qing Dynasty, became the most popular method to smoke tobacco and became less popular uh, thereafter. So China in the 16th century. That's who we have to thank for bongs. So when it says, like, you know, you got your bong, it says made in China. That was the motherland of bongs. So it's it's authentic that way. Dude. Next time we'll be discovering who invented the gravity bong. <laughs> yes. Oh, don't think there's that an article not on it. I don't know that answer. That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I was saying, don't think there's uh, an article or a story here. Uh, I got on my hands the Northwest Leaf, uh, the free rag that it's all weed related, like mostly ads, because that's media. But uh, they had a whole thing about like uh, uh, the history of like pipes and bongs, consumption, ways of consumption. And uh, a lot of that was like uh, Bobby Black is a very good resource when it comes to knowledge if you're into like cannabis history and shit. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, that's all the news that we had for the week. Uh, I wanted to thank Jax James for coming by. Yes. Uh, do you want to like give any any closing plugs for anything? Oh, yeah, no. you know, I spoke earlier about Smoke the Vote. It's our voter's guide. It's at vote.normal.org. And I encourage everyone, you can just go right there, plug in your zip code. It'll pull up the legislators in your area. And you can see any, like I mentioned, ratings, uh, voting record, quotes, all that kind of stuff. In a lot of states, um, the deadline to register to vote either has a, happened or is about to happen. So if you haven't yet checked um, your voting registration, I encourage you to do that. And then, of course, early voting is going to be starting really quickly. And yeah. that is that is going to be really important that you make sure you find the time to go out. Um, and of course, then election day. I actually put out a blog, which I will send you the link to about how to prepare for the upcoming elections. 
And I think that that's an important one. I'll drop it here in the private chat so you can share it for everyone to have. Um, and then I yes. did want to highlight the few states and localities that have some ballot initiatives, if you guys don't mind, real quick. No, of course. Sure. So Arkansas is working on issue number four. Maryland will be doing, it's technically a referendum, and that'll be question number four. Missouri has um, amendment number three. North Dakota is working on measure two, and South Dakota is working on initiated measure number 27. Now, there are also several efforts in Colorado to overturn bans on retail cannabis stores in different municipalities, Colorado Springs, Cripple Creek, and Lamar. Hmm. There's several efforts similar to that in Michigan, uh, Brighton, Lapeer, and Petoskey. And then in Granite County as well. Now, those of you in Ohio, there's over two dozen municipalities that have depenalized in their area. <clears throat> and it looks like there will be about another six that will have it on the ballot coming up. Now, Rhode Island, we know in May, they recently went legal. And each of um, the localities are going to be able to put ballot initiative measures forward to say, are we opting in or are we opting out of allowing retail cannabis? So it's going to be really important that people engage in Rhode Island. Yeah. And then here in Texas, even though we have to go through our legislature to change our laws, there are some places called home rule cities where they can pass some secondary legislation. And so there are five cities in Texas that are hoping to follow what we've done here in Austin and pass a measure that depenalizes minor marijuana possession and also prohibits no-knock warrants. So that is at normal.org slash election. But again, that blog post I just shared with you guys in the comments, that's going to have the link to check your voter registration, find out where the polling places are, know when your early voting is happening. Um, so I just want to empower everybody to be the best voter at the ballot box that you can be. <laughs> yeah, I mean, your vote matters, right? Like, show up, please. Early yeah. vote. Yeah. And then consider joining a member as a member because we update our uh, our credits at the end of the each month and you'd be able to be on the credits. So I'm going to go do some SEO on this stuff and, and I'm going to drop these links into the description because right now we're in a contraption. And so, uh, yeah. And then Chad, who's one of the guys that can just see a strain and be like, it's that uh, he reminds <laughs> you to go vote. And so thank you so much for coming on the program, Jax. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks. All right. Brown chicken, brown cow.